I want to be your real estate resource. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Your Real Estate Resource, a show dedicated entirely to the subject of real estate. I'm your host, Steve Ravithis with Ravithis Realty, and today we're fortunate enough to have with us Kate DeMary from DeMary Landscaping. Uh, Kate is a young female entrepreneur who started DeMary Landscaping uh, when she was entering high school. She attended Quinnipiac University for both her undergraduate and graduate schooling, earning her bachelor's degree in marketing and master's degree in business administration. Kate graduated magna cum laude and was inducted into the Beta Gamma Sigma Honor Society for being in the top 10% of her class, all while running DeMary Landscaping remotely and holding three separate internship positions. She now manages a crew of 11 and DeMary Landscaping continues to grow. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Seems like running your business is easier than your college days. <laughs> a little uh, bit. That, that seems like a busy uh, college, uh, what did you go, six years, eight years, how much school? Yes, uh, five years. That five was years. an accelerated program. So. Awesome. 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 Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the history of the company. Yeah. So I wanted to plan a premier soccer team when I was younger, travel around. And my parents said that I definitely could. But being 11 years old and I was going to be traveling around, they wanted someone there, a way for me to contact them because they were full time working. So I, they said, make sure that you're demonstrating you're responsible. Maybe we'll be able to get you a cell phone so you can try out for this team. So I pass out flyers around my neighborhood saying odd jobs. And um, one thing led to the next. I was vacuuming cars, washing windows on houses, small stuff. And when I was entering high school, I had one of my friends help me out because that one guy who had called me kept referring me to other people. And then by sophomore year, I got my license and I started driving my dad's truck. Um, and it kind of just kept going from there. I uh, was going to close up shop when I went to college and I realized that I had created kind of a team um, and I, I just loved what I did. I just focused on outdoor work, probably starting around my junior year because I like being outside. And then going into college, I bought my first truck and trailer by myself. I hired employees, went on the books, full insurance, all that good stuff. So did you? when did you stop like the odd jobs part of it and just focus on landscaping? Yeah, um, I would probably say end of my sophomore year of high school. Um, that summer going into okay. junior year is when I kind of switched gears to just outside. Okay, so you, um, you graduate and yep. then you go at this full time or you still dabble in some other stuff or? Um, I always like staying busy, so I do a few different things, but right now full time landscaping most definitely. Cool. What would you say is the biggest misconception that you come across in, in your general landscaping industry? Yeah, um, I'd have to say probably that it takes more than just mowing your lawn to make sure that your lawn looks nice. You know, it takes the fertilization, the specific time of watering, all the, all little pieces plan to making your yard look beautiful. Okay. So now when you were in, in schooling, did you actually go to school for like lawn care or no. anything like that? <laughs> no. So I learned a lot of, uh, well, my parents always had me doing chores and whatnot when I was younger. Um, but I learned a lot trial and error at the beginning, you know, figuring out what plants go where. And I have great mentors. Um, so I actually went to school for marketing. And then I decided that I love running my business. So I went for business administration for my master's. Okay. Um, and so what's the full gamut of services that you guys offer yeah. today? Yeah, so we range everything from mowing your lawn, garden bed design, trimming shrubs, um, fertilization, all of that. The only stuff we don't dabble in, I would say, is hardscape. But other than that, we can really tackle any project. Awesome. Um, and so obviously, you're not still running this remotely. You guys are <laughs> you're yeah. full hands-on. Um, 
How about just being a woman in a, in a predominantly male industry? Is, has that been difficult or? Yeah, I'm definitely being so young um, in combo with being a woman has made it a little difficult. You know, when you walk into some mower shops and things like that, they're talking to your your foreman, not you. (laughs) But um, I think the best part is, is that once I get to have a relationship with um, my supplier or someone that I'm working with, it it's really smooth because I know I'm on my on my game and I'm able to give them what they need and I can get what I need. Awesome. Um, What's your favorite type of project? I'd probably say garden design. Yeah. I think it's awesome. There's so many things that go into it. And the seeing the customer's reaction when you're done kind of like flipping their gardens is definitely rewarding. Yeah, I had a um, what I thought was a really good garden bed design uh, uh, experience. You know, I went <laughs> to a local company. They designed what looked like an amazing uh, bed. Uh, they put it in. It still continued to look amazing. Yep. And here we are. You know, it's been three years now. And, and I asked them for low maintenance uh, uh, flowers and shrubs. I did not get low maintenance flowers <laughs> and shrubs. Some of them super low maintenance, but other ones are just they're all over the place. I've had to rip out a bunch. Mm. Um, and so super frustrating and and I, I know how important um, and how much time you can save somebody down the road if that's done um, appropriately yeah, absolutely you have any favorite um, flowers shrubs etc to use you know given our local climate yeah so I would say it all really depends on the house itself so if the house is really shady you know you have to go for a shadier shrub so a shrub or perennial um, a lot of times I see the mistake with homeowners they'll go and put a rose bush right by their front door which would look beautiful in the thought that it would bloom but if it's too shady it's not going to bloom so I would say it's definitely all about how much sun each area of your yard is getting okay yeah How about uh, customer acquisition? What are you guys currently doing? You said you had a marketing degree. How how is that going? Yeah, I would say um, that's probably one of my favorite parts of the job, too, is I really like interacting with my customers. And um, I'm more hands off the field now. I'll go and do the garden bed designs and lay everything out. And then my crew will go in and take care of everything. Um, So when it comes to marketing, um, I would we have a whole bunch of different things we do. Well, first off, we love to give back to the community. That's pretty big for us. So we sponsor the student faculty basketball game at Minichog. We um, are part of a whole bunch of clubs and sponsorships there. Um, and that that's one part of our marketing. And then another part is that we send out postcards to all of our consumers when the seasons change, right where our lawn mowings are. Um, so there's definitely a whole marketing scheme behind it because that's my major. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Cool. Um, so tricks of the trade, just you talked yeah. earlier about not really getting formal education, but just kind of learning through the process. Has that been the case with pretty much everything or has there been any formal training? Um, I wouldn't say formal training landscaping wise, but of course, running a business and how to really satisfy our customers really important. So um, I would say our customers continuously come back because of our customer service. You know, I am constantly on my phone, my laptop. If I get an email, there's a quick response. Um, always answering my phone. So that would probably be the biggest the biggest part of it. Okay. So let's get into actual uh, lawn care, yeah. maintenance, et cetera. So um, most effective watering methods um, for, for the lawn. Yeah. 
Um, so throughout the year, watering will change, but I would say right now, because it's so hot, um, homeowners really have to be careful with how they're watering. You can actually do damage to your lawn if you're watering at night, um, So especially with the hot days. So it's recommended that you would water between 4 and 6 a.m. Um, and if you have sprinklers, in-ground sprinklers at home, obviously that's the most easy and best route to go. Um, and if you were using those, you do each zone for about 35 minutes. Um, so if you have a larger yard, it's going to take longer to get through those zones. So you'd have to start maybe at 3.30 and then it would water through till like 7.30 or 8. The reason being is that it gets so hot during the day that if you're watering at 11 or 12, the water's not even hitting the grass roots. It's just being evaporated immediately. So you're just pouring all of this money into watering your lawn. It's not having an effect. Um, and then if you're watering at night, you'd think maybe that would work. But that's just keeping everything so moist that you're breeding disease, you're breeding weeds, all that stuff. So definitely timing your watering is important right now. Okay. Um, so I have one of these, um, you know, it, it hooks up to Wi-Fi. It looks to the weather to yep. see what's going on. Um, seems to do a pretty efficient job of skipping when it's going to rain or yep. it did rain. Or So would you encourage those types of yeah. control systems? Are they, you know, not the best and just stick to water it every day? I mean, yeah. I definitely. It all depends on weather as well. So, I mean, this summer has just been more dry than the others so that's why i would say every day for this summer specifically um but if we were talking about watering in the spring i'd say keep your sprinklers off because this past spring we almost had rain every day yeah so yeah um one of the things that it allows to do with that control system that i have is look at the actual soil composition and even the slope um yep. is that like runoff is that legitimate stuff or like if you wet it it's going to absorb it um, again, it would depend on how long you're watering for. Um, usually if you're doing between the 30, 35 mark, um, you're not going to get too much runoff, but the slope does matter. Um, all, all properties are different. So yeah. interesting. Um, how about, uh, the fertilization steps? You know, um, you can go to your yeah. local hardware store and you can do the four <laughs> step. Uh, is that the way to go? Is there better ways to go? Yeah. 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 So Fertilization can be a little bit tricky. So I would say that you really have to, you have to make sure you're not putting down too much because then you could burn your lawn. Um, I would recommend doing the five-step program and adding lime in there. So five-step, you have your kind of opening up your lawn, having, you know, greening, making sure it's green in the spring. Um, that would be your first, and that's your first crabgrass preventer as well. Um, when people say fertilization, it's a mixture of both pesticide and fertilization. Um, if you're seeding your lawn, it's also really important that you – um, don't fertilize right after you seed in the fall. So fertilization can be tricky, but I'd say probably leave that one up to the professionals. Yeah. Yeah. Just easier and let them come and do their, you know, cause they're, they're usually using a liquid versus you're putting down granulate, yeah. right? I mean, what are the differences there? Yeah. So, um, it all would depend on how much rain you're getting. Um, I mean, if you're putting down granule and then you don't get any rain, it's not really going to do too much for you. Um, yeah. but I would say it, it depends on the season. Yeah. Um, if you had to give like biggest mistake that you see homeowners do with regards to specifically to fertilizing, is mm -hmm. it putting down too much, not putting down enough, not doing the four different steps or five different yeah. steps? What would you say, you know, when, when you're listening to what somebody does and then if you were to come in and do it as a professional? I would say biggest mistake is probably um, 
well, when they're using the spreader, they'll spread down one one path and they won't shut the spreader off. So then you get burn marks then to your lawn. So making sure you shut your spreader off, making sure you're going in the right path because you can tell when, when it's not properly put down because there's strips on your lawn. Okay. And then and you guys do this. You don't just yeah, mow yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You could do full fertilization yep. for somebody and come multiple times a year. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Awesome. Well, listen, we're, we're coming up against the break. Um, been a super informative first half. If people have additional questions about the stuff that we've talked about, just general lawn care, maintenance, et cetera, what's the best way for them to get more information about you and, and contact you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, everyone can just give me a call at 413-531-2255. And just one more time is 413-531-2255. And we'd be happy to come out and give a free estimate. Awesome. We really, really appreciate it. Um, Guys, as always, if you have any real estate related questions, if you're looking to buy, sell, invest in real estate, or maybe even get into this uh, crazy game and and sell some real estate, we'd love to talk to you. Um, You could reach out to me or my team at 413-998-7466, especially if you're looking to get into the business. Um, we're really looking to add a, a few additional agents. We've got an amazing team, and um, we'd love to, to talk to some more people that are young, ambitious, uh, tech-savvy, uh, looking to sell some real estate. So uh, I'm Steve Ravithis, and I want to be your real estate resource. We'll be right back after the break. Hi, from North Point Mortgage, your local mortgage lender. We cater to first-time home buyers, offering a full range of loan programs, including USDA, VA, FHA, and mass housing. With state-of-the-art technology, we streamline the mortgage process for you. North Point has offices throughout New England, including West Springfield, Rocky Hill, and Sturbridge. Please contact Melissa Ostrander at 413-977-8155 or at mortgageswithmelissa.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Melissa Ostrander, MLS number 1396546, North Point, MLS 1515. Are you thinking about selling a piece of real estate in the next three to six months, but aren't sure where to get started? I'm Steve Ravithis. I run Ravithis Realty, and we would love to talk to you about how we can position your property to get top dollar. Our team of experts can help you make the appropriate repairs, stage the property, and make the property stand out online with professional photography and videography. Please give us a call at 413-998-7466. That's 413-998-7466, and talk to one of our listing specialists. Attention Massachusetts and Connecticut homeowners, 2019 is shaping up to be a fantastic real estate market. I'm Steve Ravithis, I run Ravithis Realty, and we focus on Western Massachusetts and Northern Connecticut. Let us help you sell and get top dollar while the market's still hot. Call us at 413-998-7466. That's 413-998-7466. Who you choose to work with matters, and we want to be your real estate resource. Are you thinking about purchasing real estate in the next three to six months, but aren't sure where to get started? I'm Steve Ravithis. I run Ravithis Realty, and we love educating people about the home buying process. We want to be your real estate resource, from helping you find the properties to aligning you with the best local lenders, inspectors, and attorneys to facilitate your transaction. Please give us a call at 413-998-7466. That's 413-998-7466, and talk to one of our buyer specialists. Welcome back, everybody, to your real estate resource. Today, we've got Kate Demary with Demary Landscaping with us. Um, Kate, we were just kind of talking about the, the steps of fertilization. We kind of talked about that first step, the pre-emergence. Um, why don't you just educate us a little bit more? What do those other steps do? How important are they, et cetera? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say your first and second step are 
probably the most important to tackle crabgrass. Um, so your first step is going to have a pre-emergent crabgrass control um, in addition to feeding your lawn. So it's going to green up really quick in the spring. Um, that second application is really going to help target any of the crabgrass that has come through because unfortunately there will be some that does pop up. Um, and then going throughout the steps, you know, during the summer, you're going to be feeding your lawn more. Um, there's some weed protection, but every year there's different types of weeds that come up. So those will kind of have to be spot treated by your professional company. So like last year, um, we had a lot of nut sedge and crabgrass um, coming up in this year because last year was so wet, you know, and then this year there's different types of weeds because it's so dry. Um, so it's hard to just have one step that'll target all of that. Um, and then moving into the fall, um, you really need some fertilization that's going to help repair your lawn. It's really been in distress the whole summer. Um, and you're really going to need to tuck your lawn away, just kind of like changing your tires for your car coming into the winter. Um, that last step's really important because it sets you up for success in the spring. Okay. Um, best time to seed your lawn? Best time to seed is the fall. Um, most definitely. So if you're seeding in the fall, what that allows is that your seed's going to germinate a little bit. It's going to get some strength. So that way in the spring when you fertilize, it's going to be able to withstand withstand the fertilization and the weed control. Um, if you were to seed in the spring, the issue with that is that you're going to immediately want to put down some fertilization and weed control. But the weed control, because it's so strong, that part of the pesticide, um, it'll kill your grass. So it's kind of undoing what you did. So if you seed in the spring, you're not able to fertilize and inside the fertilizer has the pest control or the weed control pesticides. Um, and that'll just take out your lawn. Okay. So, and that doesn't matter whether you're putting down new seed or you're just overseeding an already existing lawn. doesn't matter. Always Same, in the fall. Always in the uh, fall. Yeah. Everything in the fall. Okay. Um, the other, the other thing with the, um, with the seeding is does throwing it down is that good enough or like i know there's machines that'll actually like jam it into the soil so how important is that part of it so i guess it all depends on how fresh your soil is so um in the fall if you're seeding an area that's bare you don't have any grass you're gonna have to bring in some topsoil or some loam spread that out and then you kind of chicken feed that area and just sprinkle it on top and then always make sure to rake it in um just light drag your rake across the top that prevents the birds from eating it it kind of plants it a little bit if that makes sense um and then the machine is more for you really want to thicken your lawn so that's when you're going to aerate and overseed so aerating is going to pull the plugs in the lawn give it some space and some air in case the soil is really compacted um and then it'll drop the seed right in the hole so a lot of different a lot of different options okay um what else did i have for you on the how about when you're mowing it okay so we've we talked about the water and we fertilized it we've planted some new seed now yeah. i gotta mow right so different heights how often yeah talk about all that yeah so if you're doing the proper watering and you're doing the proper fertilization steps your lawn should be consistently growing throughout the year especially if you have an irrigation system um so there i would recommend definitely mowing on a weekly schedule um if you're looking at a drier lawn there's not really shade you don't have irrigation you see your growth slowing then move to bi-weekly i have a lot of customers that will do weekly in the spring and then once we hit the summertime and it really starts to heat up we'll move them to bi-weekly you know we we make sure that we're mowing when we need to mow we won't just mow your lawn if it doesn't need it, it does mm-hmm. more damage okay um what about the heights on the blades does that oh yeah yeah Heights on the blades, are, that's really important as well. So in the spring, your grass is growing like 
wildfire. Um, and so you're going to want your blade not super low, but probably around three quarter or three inches, three inches to three and a half inches. Um, again, all depends on how different properties the only different things but summertime you're going to want it like four four inches as high as your mower can get it you want to continue maintaining your lawn you don't want it to go haywire even though it doesn't really need it um so making sure that your blade is up helps prevent disease and stuff okay um we haven't really talked too much about the uh the beds process so how about just some tips on creating new garden beds etc yeah so creating new garden beds are my favorite part. So um, there's a whole bunch of different things you can do. So it depends on if you're trying to do an island bed, if you're doing a bed towards your house. Um, also deciding on whether or not you want to put stone in your bed or mulch is kind of a big factor for some clients. It's really hard for people to decide. Um, if you think about it, mulch may look a little better to some people, um, but you also need to refresh that like every year to year and a half. So it kind of looks nice and stays maintained stone um it may be a little bit more expensive material and labor wise but you're able to just blow the leaves out in the fall you the when it comes to weeds you're able to just kind of spray it with roundup um so maintenance wise those are two different uh, i guess options yeah. and when it comes to creating the actual beds i would say definitely making sure you, you lay an edge is really important you don't have to have a plastic edge or a rock edge or anything fancy but just kind of digging a little I guess in better terms, a little moat um, around the bed. So that way the mulch will lay flat against the yard. Um, that's pretty important. It makes everything look ne- neat and clean. Uh, and then what about protecting against weeds? Oh, yeah. Um, I would say landscape fabric all the way. Always put down landscape fabric. That's just going to cut your weeding time in half. So if you put the landscape fabric down correctly, you're going to have as many pins as you can anywhere on the on the fabric so that way it's not coming up um you don't want to have a lot of seams so if you have a circular garden you're kind of going to be cutting and then pinning cutting and pinning so you want to try and lay it all as one sheet um and landscape fabric usually will help keep weeds back to a year and a half to two years depending on the type that you buy okay what do you and then after that you're relaying down a new landscape fabric? Oh, you shouldn't have to. It all depends on so you can get landscape fabric that's kind of plasticky and stretchy. Yeah. I would stay away from that type. I would get the more cloth-like fabric um, and that'll hold back weeds. And you'll be able to tell. I mean, I probably change landscape fabric out every three years. Um, but it all depends again how many weeds are coming through. If you don't have very many weeds popping through, you're fine. Okay. Um, and then how are you deciding what to plant in those garden beds? Yeah. Um, I would, so when I first start off with an estimate, you know, we talk about the design of the bed and, um, how big it's going to be. And then we get into, um, what colors the client likes, how shady, how all that type of stuff. Um, so when it comes to actually making the design first it depends on what's in season so we'll always go to our local garden store pick up some plants bring them back and we do a lot of communication with our clients to see what they personally like you have any favorites my favorite flower is a peony a peony yeah what, what color is that or can you get them in multiple multiple colors okay. yeah, yeah yeah multiple colors <laughs> um so refreshing the mulch we talked about you know every yeah. year to year and a half um, but there's a million different um, types of mulch, whether it's the, you know, whether it's the synthetics or the different 
you know, trees that it's made yeah, out of. Yeah, so yeah. just to educate our, our listeners a little bit about the mulch and, and your suggestions there. Yeah. So when it comes to mulch, you're better off always going natural. So you can get a dyed mulch like a black or a red, but that's going to fade the quickest. If you put that down, say in June, it's going to look like it needs to be refreshed by the end of July, probably just because all the sun, rain, heat, all of that, just beating on it. It's just going to, all the dye just runs right into the soil. So I would always go with a classic walnut mulch. Um, it complements pretty much any color on the house. So yeah. What about the synthetic stuff? Um, it's supposed to kind of last forever. Obviously, it costs a lot more. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, so you can always go with the synthetic, um, but you also have to realize that with regular mulch, um, everything kind of blows out of your beds at some point and needs a touching up, refreshing like that. So synthetic will need you know a touching up, um, especially if you have pets digging in the gardens and whatnot. Okay. Um, how about coordinating? Because you, you guys do both the mowing and the fertilization. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I've done, you know, two separate people that, that do those. How big of a deal is that? And, and what could happen if, if you're using two separate people? Yeah, I would say that it's pretty important to have all of your services with one landscape provider. Um, it really, so for example, if we go to a property and we see a weed popping up and we do that fertilization, we're automatically going to put in a service call and have a representative come out and diagnose the weeds that are on site. Um, if you had two separate providers, the person who's mowing isn't really looking for weeds you know and then the person who's putting all the fertilization down they only come once to put the fertilization down each season so there's kind of a you know a gap in services provided because the fertilization guy isn't going to come back every week to check and make sure a weed hasn't popped up right that makes sense yeah um what about spring and fall cleanup do you guys handle that i mean we got the fall season yeah. here and and is that something that you do as well oh yeah so I would say spring and fall are probably the most busy times. Um, spring, it's always recommended to dethatch your property. Um, so that's really pulling the dead grass out, allowing your soil to your soil to breathe, grass to breathe, all that stuff. And then in the fall, um, we pick up leaves. We have different schedules, so you can come on our client base, and we could provide our services on a bi-weekly basis so that way you're never going to have to look at leaves in the fall or if you'd rather the one time clean at the end of the season we can do that as well awesome um just quickly uh we i don't know what we touched on areas that you guys service right now so. yeah um so we mainly service hamden wilbraham east long meadow ludlow springfield kind of in that general area okay i'll leave you with one final question yeah um I've got more crabgrass, let's say, than I do grass. <laughs> What's the best approach for me? Do I have to rip it all out and put sod down? Can I save this? Um, I would say you don't have to rip it all out uh, as long as you have some tufts of regular fescue, not crabgrass. Um, and I would just get on that five-step fertilization program because the first two steps are really critical. It'll wipe out a lot of the crabgrass that you have. Your lawn will look very bare throughout the year just because you're killing off all the weeds. Mm -hmm. But once you get down to the fall and you're able to seed, the following year you're going to have a whole new lawn. Awesome. Kate, so much great information. It's great to have you on the show. We really appreciate it. Um, if people have additional questions, they want to hire you to handle their lawn, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, you guys can just give me a call at 413-531-2255, 413-531-2255. And we will be able to come out, give you a free estimate, answer any questions you have. We're really accessible. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show, guys. As always, if you've got any real estate related questions, we'd love to talk to you. You can always reach me or my team at 
7466-413-998-7466. We're really looking to grow. We'd love to add a few more agents. Um, So if you're looking to get licensed, we'd love to chat. Once again, I'm Steve Ravithis, and I want to be your real estate resource. Thanks for listening to The Steve.